evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where each and every Sunday night we get together, we talk about the news of the week, and sometimes the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. This is a radio program heard each and every week on 22 different radio stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours. And, of course, it would not be the John and Leah Show if I did not have my co-host, Leah Brandon, with me. Leah, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. Happy to join you here. Uh, Yes, you're doing the show, as always, from Birmingham, Alabama. I do it from Southern California. It's like I'm your virtual (laughs) co-host. Well, the reason I like it is because you can't get two places more different than Birmingham, Alabama, and the greater Los Angeles, Southern California area. So we got that right. So we have virtually every aspect of American life covered between Alabama and California on the John and Leah show. And we've got a ton of stuff to get to on this edition of the program. Uh, A lot of questions to answer. Uh, A lot of people who are in the mainstream news media, the conventional wisdom seems to be taking hold that Donald Trump is in big trouble. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but we will examine that question as to whether or not Donald Trump really is in big trouble. With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. And we've heard this before. (laughs) I don't know how many times he's done. He's done. He's done. Well, you know, you're right. And that's part of why I'm skeptical. Um, You know, I've mentioned that I I do the show from California. The reason I mention that now is because whenever people say, well, California is done, and believe me, California is in big trouble. I mean, we're destroying ourselves on a daily basis. And as a matter of fact, uh, later on this program, we'll probably talk about the proposed increase, massive increase in the minimum wage here in California, which is going to further sink the entire state into the toilet. But on the optimistic side, and I think this analogy with Trump makes some sense. You know, Trump has so many built-in advantages now because he's leading by a large margin in delegates, and it's still a three-man race, which I've said time and time again that Trump will always win or at least win enough in a three-man race. So as long as it's still a three-man race and he's got the delegate lead, he's going to be really tough to beat. The the analogy with California is – and, you know, being a property owner in California, I always wake up every morning and I go, okay – Good. There's been no major <laughs> earthquakes. Yeah. And the weather is still moving from west to east, which means correct. We, so as long as there are no major earthquakes and the weather continues to move from west over the Pacific Ocean on to California and not the reverse, which would be really, really bad. As long <laughs> as those two things have not occurred, California is still going to be in pretty good shape because California's yes. got enormous advantages. That's the Donald Trump analogy there. Now, that's not the only question we're going to examine on the John and Leah show. Also, we got in-depth last week. In fact, we spent an entire hour on this issue of the National Enquirer story and Ted Cruz. And some interesting things happened this week that the media completely and totally disregarded and ignored. I have some theories as to why they did, but we got to get into this because uh, I, I truly believe, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I think Ted Cruz effectively admitted that maybe not the National Enquirer story is true, but that he is an adulterer. Um, I, and I'll explain exactly why I, uh, I believe that as we move along on the John and Leah show. All I know is what's on the Internet. Yeah, that, thank you, Donald. <laughs> um, I also want to get into some comments that uh, Barack Obama made about the news media, because it's not often that I agree with 
Barack Obama, but I might this week because uh, he really nailed it when it comes to the death of journalism, which is, as you know, Leah, one of my great passions, exposing the death of journalism. And, um, and Barack Obama had some interesting things to say about that this week, so we'll get to that. Also, as I mentioned, is California basically destroying itself uh, with this massive increase that has been proposed and is expected to pass in the California legislature to the minimum wage? Um, Not you know, to mention the illegal immigration that's just out of control. Well, it's gotten so ridiculous in California that it's just <laughs> part of it's just built into the into the cake at this point. It's baked into the cake. But uh, it is. is is California destroying itself? I love the poorly educated. Uh, thank you, Donald. <laughs> and um, and finally, maybe the uh, my favorite. Favorite question of the night. I know it will be Leah Brandon's favorite question I, of the I night. I can't. I want to move this up in the program. <laughs> the I don't qu- like its position in, on the paper. <laughs> the question. <laughs> well, that's up for negotiation, I guess. Okay, but good. but we, we do. We do. We meticulously plan the John Ziegler show. It takes at least 10 to 15. John and Leah show at least, <laughs> at least 10 to 15 minutes to plan this out. So we could change it on the on a dime. But as of right now, probably an hour number three, we'll we'll examine the question. Is John Ziegler exactly what many people have always figuratively thought that he was? <laughs> But is he literally, not just figuratively, but is he also literally a bastard? Believe me. Yeah, that is the question that we'll be examining, like I said, likely in hour number three of the John yeah, and Like Leah I show. said, let's move it up <laughs> on the position on the paper. You want to do that one first? I say we yank that baby to the front. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. It might be late night conversation. So um, so for that reason. Oh, we'll oh, probably, oh I see. They're, OK. They're, you know, it's it, it, we're talking literal here, not figurative bastard, literal, literal bastardom, uh, if that's a word. Uh, and I'll explain exactly why I'm asking the question, because it's it's a legitimate uh, question now after my my father visited uh, from Gosh. Boston to California this week. And he dropped yet another bomb. He likes to drop bombs. Now, this one was pretty comes. good. This one's good, and I'm going to need your help to unravel this mystery. Cause I live it, for this. Right, you do well, know that. Let's not hype this too much, Lee. Okay? okay, come on. We'll get to it in all in due time, my pretty. Um, all right, but before we do any of that, we need to take a break and remind you that okay. this is, in fact, the John and Leah show, and I hope that you, the listener, will listen carefully to this helpful new message. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, which has a ton of great stuff you want to check out, including updated percentages on who's going to be the GOP nominee as well as the next president of the United States. Once That's what you can find, and a whole lot more at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, we start tonight's program, at least the news portion of it, with a, a particularly bizarre episode. I mean, this has been the craziest uh, presidential campaign ever, I mean, at mm-hmm. least in modern times, certainly in modern modern media times. But, you know, even this one was a bit of a surprise. It's not every day when the GOP frontrunner's campaign manager gets charged with a crime <laughs> and is not forced to resign. Yeah. Um, tell us what the hell happened there, Leah Brandon. Yeah, so on Tuesday, Donald Trump's campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, was arrested in Jupiter, Florida, and charged with battery. Now, this is in connection to an incident in which a former Breitbart reporter, Michelle Fields, claims that Lewandowski roughly grabbed her at a Trump rally. And she posted a photo of her bruised arm to social media after the incident. And Corey Lewandowski shot back, claiming she was delusional, that he had never touched her. And in fact, he'd never met her. And by the way, he says he would he would plead not guilty to the charge. Now, video was released showing the brief encounter and Trump proclaimed that Lewandowski did nothing wrong and he was going to keep his job. What happened is she made a very strong statement like that. She was jolted backwards and some, somewhat about being thrown to the ground. And unfortunately for her, I happen to have a security care. You know, I have very good properties and I have very good cameras in my property for security reasons. I happen to have a tape. Well, then he flipped it, actually, to say that Michelle Fields deserved the charges because just before that incident, she had grabbed Trump and was armed with a pen. But now, even though publicly Trump is supporting Lewandowski, there are lots of reports that inside the campaign his role is being greatly reduced, uh, and it's due in part to his temperament. Really? Um, that's that's yes. stunning that uh, he might have a temperament issue. This is yeah. a very complex story with a lot of different aspects. We could probably talk for at least an hour about it, but we won't because there's other things I also want to get to. But but let's just go through this bit by bit. I, this is one of those very weird stories where tell me if you think I'm, I'm right or wrong on this, Leah. Everybody involved is lying, and everybody involved is also telling at least partially their truth. Do you understand what yes. I mean? No, I, I totally believe that. Yeah, and, and, and so, and, and here's what I mean by that. Um, it's clear now from the video that Michelle Fields, at the very best, dramatically exaggerated the nature of the interaction between her and... Lewandowski. Would you agree with that? Okay, I'm going to throw a wrench into that. Okay. I've only seen the video that was posted on the Drudge Report. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the one that you saw? Well, there's now a very clear video. I mean, there's. Okay. I mean, the, the one that came out this week that that Trump was just referencing from his superior security cameras, because after <laughs> all, he's got the best properties with the best security cameras. Right. Um, it, it's pretty, very, very clear that what happened was Michelle Fields goes up to Trump, and by the way, it's important to point out Trump is no longer a normal human being. Well, he's never a normal human being, but he's he's no right. longer in the eyes of the law a normal human being. I don't know if that's literally true, but figuratively, he's a 
not only a presidential candidate, he's a presidential front runner. So if somebody not known to the Secret Service so that the campaign starts coming up and, and touching their candidate, that's a serious issue. Um, I know if I had done what Michelle Fields did and I wasn't wanted there, I would have been taken away in handcuffs like I was when I went after uh, Katie Couric <laughs> at USC a few years ago. Google that if you're curious. Um, I mean, that's, and that's a fact. Now, I'm not suggesting that's what should have happened to Michelle Fields, but I think that's important context. And then what happens is Lewandowski grabs her by the arm and pulls her away from Trump. Now, was it because she was asking a question that they didn't like? Was it did he think that uh, she was somehow a security risk? Did he not know who she was because she was not the normal Breitbart reporter for Trump? That's an important part of this entire equation. But when you look at the video, I, and this, and I have so many questions about how this whole thing went down. If this had happened to a man, and not a woman, not Michelle Fields, if it had happened to a man, I don't think. Anything gets made of it. I don't think a man in the world would have ever issued a complaint, would have ever been part of a news story, not by her, by the way. It was a, a Washington Post reporter who was the first person that really broke the story, which was an exaggeration. But a man would be mocked for for even pressing any sort of charges uh, if they had had what happened to them, what occurred to Michelle Fields based upon that video. It's a big non-event. I mean, was it appropriate? Probably not. I mean, you know, touching other people, especially in this day and age, especially male on female, is a highly sensitive situation. I get that. I understand it. But inappropriate is different than illegal. Okay. Right. And and, and I didn't see anything that was remotely Ill, illegal, or at least should be illegal, based upon that videotape. You. you well, there is a, a. I mean, have you seen the photo of the bruises? Okay, but and this is where things I, get confusing. All right. Right. Because now we're forced to in a situation. See, nothing about this story makes full sense. Nothing. Right. It's right. kind of like the Ted Cruz adultery story. <laughs> nothing makes total sense. <laughs> because if you look at the video, not only did it not look anything like something that would leave a bruise. It, di it just did not. It just did not look like something that would leave a bruise. It didn't even look like that was where Lewandowski grabbed her. I don't know if you saw that or not, but he, I mean, her bruises are on her forearm. There's no evidence that, that he even grabbed her by the forearm or that, that that grab could have caused those bruises. Now, of course, then that leads to the question, well, how did she get the bruises? Well, now did we, someone put the bruises on well, so that she could do this? I, see, but she, she kind of does have a little bit of a history of, of you know, not necessarily making stuff up, but definitely being a drama queen um, at the very least. So I don't know. I mean, but see, see Trump, and, and he's Mr. Politically Incorrect, right? Yeah. Um, and he wants to be Mr. Loyalty. I actually thought he did a fairly good job on CNN with Anderson Cooper in their town hall, not curling up into the fetal position and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm going to fire this guy. He stood up and said, look, I don't believe Michelle Fields told the truth. This is my side of the story. Now, all that was well and good. But the other part of this equation is the Trump campaign blew this from A to Z. This was a non-story. They, they should have apologized. He made it much worse. Corey Lewandowski did. My, he every, made it much worse. So did Trump. I mean, they, yeah. they, they blew, a, they took a molehill and they made it into a mountain. But I also have another question about how this all went down, which I'll get to when we come back on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can find all sorts of great stuff, including, by the way, information on a couple of those advertisements you may have heard. If you didn't catch the uh, the number and the promo code, just go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, and that information is right there for you. Uh, I want to continue with this issue of uh, Donald Trump's campaign manager being charged with something for which he'll never be convicted, in my opinion. Uh, the charges will probably be dropped. Uh, Corey Lewandowski uh, this week is charged with simple battery in the alleged, I guess you would call it an assault, of former Breitbart reporter Michelle Fields. And, and Leah, I have a couple of questions here. Maybe you can help me figure out potential answers to this. Okay. The first question I have is since the tape, and by the way, I, I, I don't know that you really got on the record. Do you agree that the tape is largely exculpatory for Lewandowski? <laughs> Do you agree with that or not? Okay, well, <laughs> we have a problem because... You the, haven't the seen the, only, that tape, okay. Right, All the right. only one that I saw, I swear, it looked like it was edited. Um, I'm not sure which, well, a security camera obviously doesn't keep every frame. It's, right. So that's, I think, what what you might have been... Uh, it's odd. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Well, look. For 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 my stand from my standpoint, I agree with Trump that her original assessment of what happened is at best exaggerated, and that what I saw did not look like a crime. All right. Now, but here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand. So you're Donald Trump. You've got the world's greatest security cameras and the most amazing properties ever, right? Because right. You know, this is what Donald Trump does. So obviously they knew fairly soon into this that they had a tape and that they knew that the tape was good for them, or at least it wasn't consistent with her story 100%. Now, some reasonable people could argue the level of inappropriateness to it, and I'm not suggesting it was appropriate. I want to make that clear. It was it was stupid. It was wrong. And as soon as he realized he did it, he should have apologized, and that should have been it. All right? I want to make, right. make that clear. But if we're talking about crimes here, that's I don't see a crime. But if you're if you're Trump and you have the tape, why was that tape not leaked to the news media? Because uh, that made yeah. no sense. And here's why it was it was damaging to Trump's side, because if that tape had been released immediately after this whole thing broke, it would have died. And there would have been no pressure for there to be any criminal charges and any criminal charges would have been seen as some sort of political vendetta. Because the public already would have gone, oh, wait a minute, we saw this. What's this all about? This is a bunch of baloney. This this is way, at least, an overreaction, if not something that's made up. So why Trump wasn't smart enough to leak the tape is beyond me. Of course, there's a lot of things Trump's doing right now where I'm baffled as to why is he not smart enough to do it differently than what he is. And we'll get to many of those as we move along. The second part of this equation I don't get. And we've talked about this previously, as you, as you well know, and listeners of this program know. Uh, I am incensed that of what Breitbart.com has become in this campaign, basically yes. becoming the lapdog for Donald Trump, the namesake of that website. Andrew Breitbart and I were once very, very close for a couple of years just before his death, and he uh, would be ashamed. He is rolling over in his proverbial grave. They've hijacked it, and they're going against everything he stood for. Absolutely. And he and is on record, was on video, on television, 
warning about the dangers of Donald Trump. And, yep. and yet here Breitbart is effectively an arm of their campaign. Of course, the great irony of this Michelle Fields situation is she was a Breitbart reporter, which is I know so bizarre. I mean, it's this whole story is like this whole campaign. <laughs> it's insane. It's just it's just flat out ridiculous. So here's here's the thing. Five people from Breitbart, including Michelle Fields, resigned over this. Right. Right. They had no backing from the higher ups over there. OK, right. But and I get that that might have been enough reason to resign, but I expected that they knew something more than we did when they resigned their. No one resigns their jobs anymore, especially in the media, because they're so tough to get, get gigs. They're so tough to get. No one ever resigns over principle. Not that people in the media have any principle to begin with. So I had, had presumed wrongly, I guess. That at least some of these people, now one of them was Michelle Fields, so that makes sense, since she was the one at the center of the story. But what about the other four people who resigned their jobs? Well, they uh, couldn't. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't peddle it see, any longer. Well, I think you're exactly right. Here's what I think happened, and this is the nutshell, Reader's Digest version of a very complex story. I think that Michelle Fields was... You know, surprised by what happened with Lewandowski. I think that a Washington Post reporter said, wow, that was really bad. Yes. Um, and, and that further manipulated her brain and thinking, wow, it must have been really bad. A Washington Post reporter told me it was really bad. Um, and, of course, when something happens to you in the middle of a crowd in an intense situation, you're not exactly sure what really did or didn't happen. So I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. So right. I, I, so this suddenly be, this becomes a story in the day or two after uh, what you know ever happened occurred. And I think that Michelle Fields along with Ben Shapiro and a, and a couple of other people at Breitbart, saw this as a great, for lack of a better term, excuse to get out of Breitbart. Because, yeah, maybe so. Because they were so frustrated and so incensed over what Breitbart had become with their treatment of Trump. This was the perfect issue to jump ship because it's directly related to Trump. It allows yep. them to take the moral high ground. They're defending a co-worker, a female co-worker. It's an alleged assault situation. So they can feel good about themselves. Also, by the way, they can get some good publicity. And there's no question that people in the news media do that uh, for publicity. So they, this was right. a situation where it suddenly was at least in somewhat of their self-interest for them to resign because they could both potentially help their careers if it went right, as well as unload their conscience because they had to be <laughs> beside themselves with what Breitbart had become with regard with to becoming – part of the Trump campaign. That's yeah. what I Plus think. Plus they had like a really hard non-compete, so it was really hard to get out of it, so maybe this would help yeah, in that, that fight. That makes some sense. Now, as far as the way Trump comes out of this thing, uh, I think personally this isn't going to hurt him very much. He comes across as a guy who is exactly like his brand. Not politically correct. Right. And he's loyal to his guys. All right? Now, now, now you can argue whether or not that was exactly the right way to go with this, but it doesn't destroy his brand in fact it enhanced his brand and i thought he actually as i mentioned in the last segment handled this pretty darn well with anderson cooper in that cnn town hall however other people did not handle this well i don't think lewandowski handled it well you know maybe he didn't remember the episode because it wasn't that big of a deal but he did say it didn't happen he made some very derogatory comments about michelle fields yes. so so um you know lewandowski does not come out of this looking good at all even if he yeah. didn't commit a crime and b uh, and by the way he's a campaign manager if he wants to do security 
uh, he can go back to doing that. Okay, right. that's no longer his job, so he needs that's to keep a, his hands a, off of people. <laughs> that's a good point. Now, one last one last point I want to make, and I'm very curious as to your reaction to this. Uh, you may or may not have heard that I think there were 16 conservative females in the news media, all of whom were anti-Trump people, who signed a letter condemning Lewandowski and demanding that Trump uh, force him to resign or to fire him as his campaign manager over this whole Michelle Field situation. This happened after the videotape and after Lewandowski was charged with simple battery. I was offended by this. And it had very little to do with the fact that I don't think a crime occurred, and I don't know whether or not Lewandowski should be forced to resign or not. That, to me, is almost a separate issue. What offended me here, Leah Brandon, was the fact that 16 conservative anti-Trump women, again, probably seeking some publicity, because that's, that's, that's a lot of what oh, drives— That's what it's all about. That's what drives a lot of news media people, uh, especially on the conservative side, because they don't get free publicity anywhere. But this this is a way where they can get publicity and they can look like they're taking the moral high ground. What I was offended by is, to me, the implication here, Leah Brandon, is— Somehow this is a male-female issue. Well, this is a male-female issue, then what you're telling me, aren't you, is that men and women are not equal. That Michelle Field right. should be treated differently because she's a female. Am I right about this? Uh, yeah, you're right about that. But, you know, the other, the, the big thing is, it's none of their business. <laughs> it's none of their business. Well, I mean, it is kind no, of their, seriously, it's not. Business. No, it's not. Why not? Whoever Donald Trump has as his campaign manager, news anchors and media types really don't have any right to tell him who mm. he can have and who he can. And that's crossing a line. No, but Just these but report these are, the but, news. But these are more commentator people. These are more opinion people, talk show hosts like Dana Loesch from The Blaze and people like that, S.E. Coop. These are opinion people, so they are certainly entitled to their opinion. What my problem was, their opinion was implying that men and women are not equal, that women should be treated differently and with more kid gloves because they're women. And if that's the case, fine, but let's make that the rule, all right? Can I, I'm just always trying to figure out what the hell are the damn rules. I thought men and women are supposed to be equal now. I guess well, not. I guess in this situation we need to treat Michelle Fields differently because she's a woman because if she was a man, I can guarantee you there would be no hubbub over this, that this video would be, if there was a hubbub, this video would be mocked, that the man who was complaining about his treatment by Lewandowski would be mocked as a wimp and a wuss. Uh, and that's the reality of it. Um, and Look, then- I... I'm sick of people telling us who we can vote for, who doesn't belong, who shouldn't be in your campaign. I'm just sick of it all. all And when it comes to the male and female thing, this is just more heaping on top of Donald Trump. He doesn't like women. That's what this is all about. He doesn't like women. His people don't like women. Women, women. Ding, ding, ding. And that's why they knew, the 16 who wrote this letter and signed it, knew it would get publicity because they knew the news media would lap it up. Ooh, Anti-female Trump. (laughs) Okay, Um, when we come back, uh, speaking of an issue very much related to that, uh, Trump really stepped in on an issue of abortion this week, and we'll delve into that when we return on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. 
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. The conventional wisdom is that this was a horrendous and perhaps the worst week yet for Donald Trump as the GOP frontrunner. In the next hour, I'll give you some analysis of where we are in this race and why I think that conventional wisdom is at least exaggerated, if not uh, wrong in the long run. Uh, but part of the reason why the conventional wisdom is that Donald Trump had a horrendous week, and as I said, maybe his worst week ever, is that he definitely did step in it on the issue of abortion. He, yeah. for some reason, decided to do a, an interview or town hall-ish event with Chris Matthews, which makes no sense. I mean, this week he has done interviews with Chris Matthews of MSNBC and Maureen Dowd, of the New York Times, who are both mortal enemies to whomever the GOP nominee is. And, uh, you know, yet he dodges Megyn Kelly. He won't do a debate with Ted Cruz. He would never go on Glenn Beck's show. It may, it's, it's just bizarre. It, the whole thing is so upside down. But when he went on Chris Matthews, Matthews um, basically tricked. That sounds like I'm, I'm taking, uh, getting uh, Trump off the hook. I don't mean to. But he does trick Trump into making some really stupid statements. And what I mean by trick him, Leah, is that Matthews, I think, understands a little bit of what makes Trump tick. Trump is all about ego. And if you listen to the clip that has made in a lot of news this week, I want you to notice two things. The first is that Trump specifically says there are some people in the Republican uh, Party who want to punish criminally those who have abortions. Now, I don't know who he's referring to, but obviously when you say some people, you can almost come up with any theory and some people in a body as large as the Republican Party, someone's going to believe it, no matter how crazy it is. So he's not inaccurate in stating that, although I don't know exactly who he's referring to. But, so that's number one. That's the context here. He's not suggesting that this is his idea to to criminalize abortion or to punish people who have had abortions criminally. But then Matthews makes him feel as if Trump is backing down. And listen carefully as Trump decides, well, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to double down. So this is the clip that made so much news this week, Chris Matthews and Donald Trump. Should the woman be punished for having an abortion? Uh, look, uh, and this is not something you can dodge. If, if you no, say like, abortion not, is a not, crime or abortion is murder, you have to deal with it under the law. Should abortion be punished? Well, people in certain parts of the Republican Party and conservative Republicans would say yes, they should be punished. How about you? Uh, I would say that it's a very serious problem, and it's a problem that we have to decide on. Uh, is it's very? But you're I mean, forbidding are you it. Are say? Well, wait. Are you going to say put them in jail? Are you, is that? Well, no. What I'm asking you about? because you say you want to ban it. What's I, that I mean? Would, I am against. I am pro-life. Yes. What is ban? How do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a a position like they had, where people will perhaps go to illegal places. Yeah. But you have to ban it. I'm. You against, ban it. They go to somebody who flunked out of medical are school. Ca- are you Catholic? Yes, I think. I. And I how do you at, feel about the Catholic Church's well, position? I accept the teaching authority of my church on moral issues. But do you know their position on abortion? Yes, I do. And do you concur with that position? I concur with their moral position, but legally, I, know, I get but, to the question. We, Here's my problem no, with no, it. No, no, but let me ask you, but what do you say about... It's not funny. Your church. Yeah, it's really not a funny thing. What do you say about your church? They're very, very strong. They're a lot of, but the churches make their moral judgments, but you running for president of the United States will be chief executive of the United States. Do you believe, no, in, but, pun- but do you believe in punishment for abortion?
question, yes or no, as a principle? Uh, the answer is that there has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. Ten let, cents, let ten years, I don't what? Know. That I don't know. That Why I don't not? Know. I don't know. You take positions and everything else. I frankly, I do take positions and everything else. It's a very complicated position. Now, Leah, you know what I'm talking about there, right? Where, where, she... where Matthews basically makes Trump feel as if, if you don't give me an answer here, you will have backed down. And so Trump almost begrudgingly says there has to be some form of punishment. What it is, right. I don't know. Now, right. now what, it, what I find almost hilarious, so this is a, not a hilarious subject at all. It's the least hilarious subject you can think of. What, what I find amusing is that somehow this was treated in some quarters as if Trump was making a policy position. Right. That, that, like that if he became president, which is highly unlikely to happen anyway, uh, he might not even be the nominee at this point, but if by chance some miracle happens and he's president, that somehow this statement to Chris Matthews is going to end up being the law of the land because he said it off the top of his head in an interview on well, MSNBC. That's done on, that's done on purpose. And you know what? This is such a rookie mistake because that's exactly the message that MSNBC and Chris Matthews wanted to get out to America. And, and look at what happened. And, and and this is how he would be treated if he was the nominee. It would get worse, I can assure you. And he doesn't get that. There's already been a sea change. And he doesn't get it. Oh, so he, you think that he went into this thinking he was going to get the old, hey, Donald, how yes. good to see you treatment. Someone, he needs a new campaign manager, not because of Michelle Fields, but because somebody needs to go, hey, 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 it's a new day. Now, you know, that's an outstanding point, Leah Brandon, that, and I went one that I should have jumped all over and did not. So I'm glad that you're here to pick up the slack because that's okay. exactly right. No, I'm serious because Trump is an egomaniac. He's yeah. used to manipulating the news media. He doesn't yeah. understand that the weather has completely changed now, that it looks Boy, like he's going to be the it. nominee. <laughs> uh, this week was proof that the weather has completely changed. The wind is yep. now blowing in his face. Uh, the rain, the hail, pelting him uh, right there. And he's not used to that. He's used to everything at his back. Exactly. Um, and so this is what happens when it's in your face. Uh, but it, the idea... That somehow this was an important policy statement is ridiculous. Now, here's the part that's not absurd. And this is – I've seen some conservative commentators make this point, and I think this is legitimate because it goes to what a fraud Donald Trump is. It's not because he can't come up with a cogent position on abortion and with regard to criminalization and stick with it. That would be – troubling but here's the proof of being a fraud of course this is a guy who famously told tim russert i'm very pro-choice and, and i wouldn't <laughs> ban partial birth abortion this was as exactly a, this was not that long ago i mean he's obviously as an, as an older adult um he suddenly has this epiphany but here's the fraud part if you were truly pro-life and truly understood the conservative movement and had that as part, even remotely part of your DNA, you would never say that the punishment should be to the person having the abortion. You might say the punishment should be the person performing the abortion. Well, he tried yeah. to clean it up afterwards with that. Yeah, well, but <laughs> you can't fix that one because that goes right to what's in his mind, right? Yeah, in his mind, true. it never occurred to him that the person who should be punished criminally would be the abortionist. He's talking about the person having the abortion, which, 
let's I have never heard a major player in the conservative movement uh, say, boy, we really got to criminally punish people who are having abortions. Have you? Right. I, and, I've I, and I've never heard someone say, well, you know, they'll just go to those illegal places. Yeah, that's what? a yeah, that's a great that's fantastic. Oh yeah, what a great gosh. fallback. But but Woo. look, I, I think the most important points points here are that it reveals him as a fraud within the conservative movement, and two, what you said that the news media environment has completely 180 degrees changed, and he is very slow to realize that. More of all this when we come back in hour number two of the John and Leah Show. 